afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon. How are we doing? Doing good? Hey, man and amen. If you're able to rise, we would like to have an opening hymn of uh, hymn 269. Hymn 269. We'll do all verses. Where could I go? Where could I go but to the Lord is our opening hymn. Hymn 269. If you're able to rest upon your feet, we'll get started. Here we go. Living below in this so sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Striving alone to face temptation's shore, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? Where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Father God, we come before you this afternoon, Lord. We want to thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord again this afternoon. We want to thank you, Lord, for that day of our salvation. We thank you, Lord, for loving us and for sending your son, Jesus, to die for us. We just ask, Lord, that if there be anyone here that is not 100% sure of their salvation, that they, too, would make today that day of salvation. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, be with our pastor as he brings the, the message this afternoon. We pray that you would fill him with the Holy Spirit. We yes. pray that we would open our hearts for what you have for us. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would guide us the remainder of this day as well. We pray for the safety on the way home. We just ask, Lord, that you would continue to work in us each and every day. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 262, hymn 262. Leave it there. If you got a burden, just leave it there with the Lord. Amen. Him 262, leave it there. Thank you. 
afternoon and welcome to our two o'clock service we're glad you're here this afternoon happy thanksgiving to you amen hope you didn't eat too much today so that you could have room for thursday amen so it is you know a little bit on monday a little less on tuesday a little less on wednesday and then just thursday eat all day long amen sleep and watch football that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're awful glad that you're here this afternoon. Thanks for coming. Let me give you a few announcements to remind you about a few things. Don't forget, on December 10th, we'll be having our, our church-wide uh, Christmas banquet. Amen. It's a banquet. It's not just a fellowship. It's a banquet, so it's going to be a little fancier. Amen. Right. So come prepared for, a, uh, for a, a banquet, fellas. Put a coat and tie on like you would yeah. for a banquet. Amen. If you don't have one, preacher will give you one. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure Brother Robbie would fit in a brother and preacher's coat just fine. <laughs> but I want to encourage you to be ready for that. That's uh, going to be after our Sunday morning service on December 10th. On that day, also, we'll be taking up uh, donations for uh, new and gently used winter apparel for the Homeless No More Baptist Church. If you read that wrong, it comes out wrong. Homeless, no. No, homeless. No more Baptist Church. <laughs> Uh, so you got to be careful how you read that, amen? Homeless no more, Baptist Church. And what a great ministry that is and uh, uh, the work that that, uh, that uh, couple is doing that God has called them to do. And, uh, and God just equipped them perfectly for each other and for the work he called them to. And so be praying for them. And if you can bring uh, things uh, for that, please do. If you want to bring them early, that would be fine. I'm sure we'll have something set up in the foyer where you could drop things off, all right? Don't forget, this Wednesday, we'll not be having uh, Wednesday night services. We're moving them to Tuesday night. Tuesday night, uh, Bible study and prayer time. That'll be 7 o'clock in the evening this Tuesday uh, so that you can have a lot of time to get everything ready for Thanksgiving. Amen? And then because of all the things that are going on uh, with holidays in the area and all the things that are going on in our community, there will be no soul winning, uh, organized soul winning, this Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. However, again, I want to encourage you to go ahead and take tracks with you, give them out to people, amen, invite folks to church. This is a perfect time of the year to invite people to church, amen. 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 More people come to church during Easter and Christmas time yeah, than yeah. any other times of the year. And so you can invite them and say, hey, we got a Christmas gift for you, the greatest Christmas gift you'll ever receive, yeah. which is salvation amen. in Jesus Christ, amen. So I want to encourage you to encourage others to be here. Did you know that 90 or 89% of people who come to church come because somebody directly invited them to church? 89%. So uh, that means we need to invite folks. Amen. All right. So that's all my announcements for now. Preacher, you come. Amen. Well, are y'all awake? Yeah. 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 Y
right, I'm just checking. Y'all looking a little drowsy, all right? The rain and lunch and 2 o'clock, you know? Y'all going to have to spizz up a little bit. When we shake hands in a minute, y'all move around a little bit, all right? And, and look alive. Because <clears throat> if you're not alive when I start, I'm going to preach till you look alive. And if you fall out, and, you know, and you hit your head and you die, I can't help you. Because I'm not Paul, okay? Remember? Happened with Paul. He preached all day. A kid fell out of the window and killed him, and, but Paul brought him back to life. Well, you do that, you're in, tr you're in trouble, you know? I can't help you. But we're going to give you a chance to stand up in a minute. We're going to receive our offering, amen? If you haven't given, let me encourage you. You do so. Lord, we thank you, God, for the day. Thank you, Lord, again for your goodness to us. And, uh, God, thank you again for the privilege that you've given us to be back in your house this afternoon. Please bless today, Lord, and pray, God, that you bless the message. And we pray your blessings upon this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you come. Amen. At this time, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 500. Hymn 500. Who is on the Lord's side? Hymn 500. Hymn 500. Who is on the Lord's side? Blessing, feeling each 
fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the king's own army none can overthrow. Round his standard ranging, victory is continue to praise the Lord, we're going to ask this question. I'm hoping that you will know the answer to this one. Hymn 327, hymn 327, do you know? Do you know if you've been born again? Do you know that you've been born again? Hymn 327, hymn 327, after this hymn, please read each other, amen? Here we go. Uh, do you know that you've been born again? Do you know that you've been born again? Does the Spirit dwell within? Very witness that you've been cleansed from every sin and stain. Are you already if the Lord should come? Or today your soul should claim? Can you face eternal years free from doubt and dread and fear? Do you know? No. Know that you've been born again. What's your answer? Yes, I know that I've been born again. Yes, I know I've been born again. For the Spirit dwells within, bearing witness that I've been cleansed for every sin and eternal years, free from doubt and dread and fears. Yes, I know, know, know that I've been born again. Amen. Please greet each other at this time as we prepare for this afternoon's special.
How many of you found yourself singing with them? I know, right? I, I had to stop. I thought, uh, you know, that's, anyway, they did a good job. I like it. I wish you'd come again. Before we get through, it'd be all right. But while you're tur- we're waiting, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 21. We're going to take a little detour uh, from our normal um, Sunday um, Sunday afternoon message, and just because of the content, it's just something that I think the Lord has really impressed upon my heart. I was sitting in there talking to Brother Marco in the study just a few minutes ago, and the Lord, you know, changed my mind. So uh, so anyway, so I want to preach on, uh, we're going to kind of pick up from Wednesday night. Most of you are here usually on Wednesday nights and uh, uh, on our the life of King David, so we're going to piggyback off of this because it's going to go right into what's going on Tuesday, all right? So if you found your place in 1 Samuel 21, say amen. We're going to start reading in verse uh, 7, and we'll just read down through the end of this chapter because we're going to go into chapter 22 as well. It says, Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day. If you remember, that was there when uh, uh, David had gone to see Ahimelech at the tabernacle. And uh, it says, there was a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. Uh, and his name was Doeg, uh, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. Now, that's a strange, uh, uh, him being there in and of itself, especially with Saul, is even strange in and of itself. We'll, and we'll get to that in a minute. It says, that, and David said unto Ahimelech, uh, and is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons uh, with me because the king's business required haste. David here, talking to Ahimelech, says, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, both it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that, uh, no other save that here. And David said, There is none like that. Give it me. And we talked about that last week. Uh, and David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands. What a... David has gone a long way. Feigned himself mad in the hands and uh, in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle uh, fall down from his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see this, uh, see the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Verse 15 says, I, I, Have I need of madmen? Uh, that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence, shall this fellow come into my house. Let's go ahead and read some more. It says, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. <clears throat> and there uh, were with him about 400 men. David went thence to Mizpah of Moab, 
And he said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. And he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him uh, all the while that David was in the hold. And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the hold, depart, and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Harith. And when Saul heard that David was discovered and the men that were with him, now Saul abode in Gibeah under a tree in Ramah, having his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. And then Saul said unto his servants that stood about him, Here now, ye Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, uh, that, <clears throat> that all of the of you have conspired against me, and there is none that showeth me my that showeth me that my son hath made league with the son of Jesse, and there is none of you that is sorry for me. You, can you see it? None of you are sorry for me, and showeth unto me that my son has stirred up my servants to get me to lie and wait at this day. Isn't he? Isn't he pitiful? Then said Doeg, here he is, the Edomite, which was said over the servants of Saul, uh, and said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob to Ahimelech, the son of uh, Ahitab. You see where he was at? I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob. He was there that day back over in chapter uh, 21 and verse 7. And he saw all that taking place, and he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave victuals, and he's telling on David, and gave him, and telling on Ahimelech, the, gave him the sword of Goliath, the, the Philistine. Then the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest, and the son of Ahitab, and all his father's house, and priests that were in Nob, and they came all to them, to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, thou son of Ahitab. And he answered, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said unto him, Why have you conspired against me, thou and the son of Jesse, and that Thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast inquired of God for him, that thou should rise against me to lie in wait at this day. Liar. Yes. Then Ahimelech answered the king and said, Who is so faithful among all thy servants as David, which is the king's son-in-law, and goeth at thy bidding, and is honorable in thine house? Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far from me, let not the king impute anything unto his servant, nor all the house of my father, for thy servant knew nothing of all this, less or more. And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou, and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand is their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priest of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priest. And Doeg the Edomite turned, and he fell upon the priest and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen ephod, all the priests. And Nob and the city of the priests smote he with the edge of the sword, both men, women, children, sucklings, oxen, asses, sheep, with the edge of the sword. And one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahiathar, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priest. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life, uh, seeketh thy life. 
but with me thou shalt be in safeguard. Father, I pray that you'd help me. God, this is uh, uh, an important message, God, and as we move through the life of King David. I pray, God, that you'd, for the liberty of the Spirit of God, and I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord, and God, may we understand what's going on here, and, and God, glean from it, God, that'll help us both now and in the future, strengthen us in our Christian lives as well as challenge us, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Well, David, we left off last Wednesday, and David, if you recall, he came to the tabernacle, and he approached Ahimelech for food and, and weapons, and, and we talked about how that a lot of people come to the tabernacle and uh, for other than spiritual reasons. They, they think the church is here for whatever their, their material need might be, but this is, a, as we talked about, a spiritual institution. This is here for spiritual reasons. It's a matter of eternity. And uh, But David went to the tabernacle for something different that day. <clears throat> After finding out from David that uh, he and his men were ceremonially clean, if you read there in verse 6, Ahimelech, the high priest, gave these men and David, he gave them the showbread. <clears throat> and now you, you, we come to verse 7. This is uh, what's called a parenthetical verse, and it begins to give us a little more uh, information about uh, what's going on uh, with David in his uh, in his life and, and and what he's doing here uh, as he visits Ahimelech, and it's important here because of the fact of who is there. Uh, it's important because the who uh, that's introduced here becomes a major player in David's visit with Ahimelech, and the person that's introduced here is a man named Doeg. He's an Edomite, um, the chiefest, and we'll get to that in a minute. Who The Bible says the chiefest of the herdsmen that belonged to Saul. That was his title at this point. Uh, and I wrote out in the margin of my Bible by <clears throat> Doeg's name, I put an arrow by it, uh, and I wrote these words, there's always somebody around to do the devil's dirty work. Always. And Doeg is this person. And if you look in verse 7, you notice there that it, verse 7 tells us that he was the chiefest of the herdsmen that belonged to Saul. Now, the position of Doeg put him in, a, in the inner circle, if you will, of Saul's associates. And he's later promoted, and we're going to see this over in chapter 22. He's promoted to an even higher position because, and because of Doeg's position when he brought his accusation against Ahimelech and David, he carried some weight. So Saul's paying attention here. And folks, the devil will make sure that his lies are given by somebody in lofty positions in order to give them some uh, level of legitimacy. And we talked about that last week of how, you know, when some, a lot of times when folks lie, they want to want it to be respectable. And that's what David did when he lied to, about Saul. He said, well, the king, the king sent me. Well, then that, well, that was a lie. Uh, uh, Saul had not sent David. Uh, and, and then you notice in verse 7 uh, that it tells us that Doeg was an Edomite. Now, he was not an Israelite. Uh, uh, Doeg was uh, an Edomite, is a descendant of Esau. He's uh, the firstborn son of Esau who was called Edom, if you look in Genesis chapter 36 and verse 1. Uh, and who is the father, the Bible says in chapter 36 and verse 9, who is the father of the Edomites. The word Edom means red. I thought that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. 
uh, and the Edomites worshipped fertility gods. All right, and at and early in Saul's history, uh, if you go back, uh, the Israelites were seemed to be always at war at one point or another with the Edomites. And I thought, how ironic it is that now here's Doeg, an Edomite, an enemy of Israel, but he's with Saul. Yeah. Um, listen, the Edomites were not friendly people. They were not sympathetic to God's people or to God's anointed. And, 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 and yet here's Doeg, a trusted associate of Saul. And, and when you really think about it, it's understandable uh, at this point in Saul's life, because Saul has been alienated, cut off from God, and, and, and David, or, or Saul hated David, who was God's anointed. And you remember that Saul is in this place because of the choices he made. Saul didn't have to be here. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Saul did not have to be here, uh, but, but here he is. And, and, and so Saul's uh, wicked behavior made him a good partner of Doeg. And you remember the old saying, birds of a feather. Yeah, amen. And my mom, again, always says, and Scripture teaches that bad company corrupts good manners. And bad people make friends with bad people. And so here's Saul. He's made, he, he run David off, and he's made friends with an Edomite. And, 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 and folks, uh, your friends will reveal your relationship with God a lot more than you realize. Yeah. But notice in verse 7, there's an interesting phrase here that says, Doeg was detained before the Lord. Now, we're not told why he was detained by God or before the Lord. Some think maybe it, he's there because he had leprosy. Uh, some think maybe he could have been there because he's going through some type of a cleansing procedure. They, they, the Scripture doesn't tell us. But whatever the reason may be, we do know that God was involved with him being there. Amen. He was detained by God. And later we're going to see that his detainment resulted in a, uh, a lot of priests being killed. Uh, and, and, and it was a bad and tragic thing that we're seeing here. But, but this was a, this, what's going on and what's about to happen is a, a predicted judgment on Eli's descendants. Because if you go back in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 31... If you remember that it's a sin that went on in the priesthood while Eli was a high priest. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But we're going to see that God's judgments are sure. And his providence, the Bible is going to teach that he will bring them to pass. And like here in this passage of scripture, God often uses the wrath of man to carry out his will concerning judgment. Psalm 76 and 10, it says, surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. So God's going to use these men to carry out judgment later on. But I want you to see some of the motives, first of all, of Doeg. We're, and we start here in verse 8, and we're going to see this a little while later uh, in verse 8 of chapter 22, where Saul is going to have himself a big old pity party. Amen? And in the middle of his big complaint, or in the middle of his big pity party, he says, and I read this kind of, in a sarcastic way, but that's exactly what's going on. Uh, Saul says, there is none of you that is sorry for me. Now, what Saul said about David and Jonathan having a league or a covenant together, now that's true, because David and Jonathan did have a covenant together. 
But what Saul said about Jonathan stirring up David to lie and wait for Saul was absolutely a lie. That was not happening. In fact, Saul was, uh, was the one uh, that was lying in wait for David. Saul had been lying. He'd been waiting on David, you know, for a while. So Saul's, uh, he's acting like a hypocrite, and he's good at it. Yeah? So the pity party that Saul's having is prompting this guy named Doeg to tell about Saul and about David's visit to Ahimelech. Well, uh, I asked the question, well, why? Well, two reasons. One, preservation, all right? Saul's acting like a crazy person. Amen. I mean, he's out of the will of God. He's out of God's will. He's and he, he listen. Somebody out of God's will is capable of anything at this point. Saul is. He's even capable of having the people that are standing in front of him put to death at that moment. So Doeg, he's looking out for himself, and he's doing that by trying to move suspicion off of himself at the expense of the lives of these other these other people that are there with them. The second reason that he's uh, doing this is because of promotion. Telling Saul about David's visit to Ahimelech made Doeg look good in the eyes of Saul. And if you remember Saul's statement, he said, no one feels sorry for me. Well, Doeg, he's about to console Saul, and he's about to kind of put his arm around him in a sense, and, you know, and, and he's going to tell Saul, you know, Saul, listen, I just want you to know I'm not like all these other people. I, I understand what you're going through. I mean, he, you know, I mean, he's, he's really, he's, he's playing this all up because he's, it's self-preservation, but he's also looking for a promotion. Now, my question is, where was Doeg? Uh, when, uh, you know, where's he been with all this information before this point? Okay. Why hadn't he said anything before now? Well, he hadn't said anything before now because it hadn't been beneficial to him. Amen. Now, uh, you say, how do you get that? Well, if you think of that, at 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 6, David, he's gone from Nob, and, and we read all of it, all the places he's been. He's gone from Nob to Gath to the cave of Adullam to Moab and to Keilah before he ever comes to Saul and tells him about the information that he has with Ahimelech and David. So these guys have been everywhere. I mean, but think about it. But men of Doeg's character, they're always looking for uh, evil ways to gain personal advantage so they can move up in rank. So he's waited. He's, you remember, you go back, he's a, the, the, the head of the herdsman right now. But now when he comes to this point, uh, when you read in chapter 22 and verse 29... From the time he was at the tabernacle, uh, when he was the chiefest of herdsmen, up, uh, up until this point to, to chapter 22 and verse 9, now you see that, watch, he is set over the chiefest of herdsmen, and now he is the servants of Saul. Well, listen, he's got himself a promotion. You know why he got it? He's disseminated this information about, uh, about David and Ahimelech. And now it was beneficial to him. So he's let it all out to Saul. And Saul says, man, that's a good job. Man, you, here, I got something I want you to do for me. And so Doeg has got himself a promotion. But notice what happens. When Doeg told Saul this story, Saul interpreted it uh, as a conspiracy against him. Remember we said a couple of weeks ago, a half-truth is still a whole lie. Yeah. Well, Doeg has played it up, and, and nothing, and Ahimelech tries to tell Saul what's going on. 
But nothing at this point uh, that Ahimelech could have said would have changed Saul's mind. Saul decreed that Ahimelech and all the priests were to be put to death for helping David. Now, folks, listen, you're talking about a man out of the will of God making a wicked decree to kill all these priests. What a wicked thing to do. But it only shows how far Saul is outside of of the perfect will of God because of his rebellious character toward God. And now we're going to see it in action. And the sad thing about it is it didn't bother Saul in the least. Even sadder than that is, listen, if you look in verse 17 of chapter 22, even though it didn't bother Saul, it bothered Saul's servants. Listen, it said, the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priests of the Lord. Listen, these servants of Saul had enough character left in them that even though they were serving Saul, listen, a king operating outside the will of God, they still stood for the right thing and they defied Saul and said, we're not going to do that. Listen, sometimes, listen, it may be difficult for us. We may be in a bad situation, but it still comes to the point where we must stand up for what's right. Amen. So these servants, they refused to kill the priest, and Saul turned to none other than Doeg. Remember, there's always somebody around to do the devil's dirty work. Look in verse 18, chapter 22. And notice what it says. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and he fell upon the priests. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, Doeg, he didn't waste any time. He immediately obeyed what Saul said. And he killed some 85 priests, their families, and their livestock. What a wicked thing to do. Listen, he may have been in the service of the, the king of Israel, uh, but he was a, an Edomite at heart. And he had no hesitation about killing all those priests. And if you remember, Doeg and the Edomites, at one point, they were the enemies of the Israelites. And now here's Saul. He's buddied up to an Edomite, an enemy. Listen, when you're out of the will of God, you'll buddy up with some bad people. And if you're not careful, they'll lead you even deeper and further away from the will of God. And we're seeing this right here uh, with Doeg. Notice the, the message we see here. Look in chapter 22 and verse 20. In the slaughter of the priests, there was one person who escaped, and it was Abiathar. He was the son of Ahimelech. You can read that 22 and 20, chapter, and also chapter 23 and verse 6. In 1 Samuel 22, in verse 20, it says that he fled after David and showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priests. Now, when David heard the message, if you look in verse 22, he said, David said, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there. He's there. He's listening to all this. You know, listen, y'all, be careful with who you're around. Listen, I'm telling you, there's always somebody around that no matter what's going on, you could be telling the absolute truth, but there's somebody around. If you're not careful, if you're in the wrong crowd, they're going to twist that truth. Doeg is there. David says, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite, he even called him out that he would surely tell Saul. And he said, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. 
Man, he said, I knew that he would tell Saul. His anticipation of what Doeg would do was manifested in his evil character when David saw him at the tabernacle. And folks, an evil will often forecast itself. Notice what he said. David said, I have occasioned the death of the persons of thy father's house. Now, folks, listen, David, he's been walking in the flesh. And now he sees some of the harm it caused others. Listen, God said in Romans 14, 7, that no man liveth to himself. Listen, we, there's, a, there's people that watches you and me in our life. And listen, and, and our decisions are always going to affect someone else that's around us. That's why it's important that we make sure that we do the right thing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. David's seeing it. And because David's out of God's will and in the wrong place, it's enough to bring evil on other people. You don't have to be doing anything wrong. Just be in the wrong place. Yeah. Uh, when we fail to walk with God as Christians, we endanger other people. David was out of God's will, and he's in the wrong place. And Now watch. And David's statement is true. Doeg and Saul, they get the greater blame. But if you go back further... In fact, if you go back further, and, and uh, the root cause of what's going on here lies at the feet of a priest by the name of Eli and his sons. Remember, great sins, if you go back and read about Eli, <clears throat> in fact, I want you to turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 2. If you go back and you read about Eli and his sons, listen, Eli's sons, they were wicked. They were doing things in the tabernacle that they had ought not have been doing. But listen, Eli is the priest. He is the man of God that, that, that ought to have been taken care of the, of the tabernacle. And, and, and while Eli's sons were the ringleaders, Eli made no attempt to stop it. He took no action. And the result was that God sent a prophet to Eli in, in chapter uh, 2 and verse 31. And, and, and God told Eli, he said, Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall, be an, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. Listen, the judgment upon Ahimelech and the priests completed the fulfillment of that prediction. Listen, I want you to understand something, that, that Eli should have taken care of the problem that was going on in the tabernacle. Amen. And if he had taken care of that problem, then he would not have faced this. But because he did not uh, 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 take care of it with his sons, Eli because Eli didn't handle it, God took care of it. And listen, when there's things going on in our life today, Listen, that, uh, that we ought not, that we ought to take care of it. If we don't take care of it, then guess what? God's going to take care of it. Well, we're seeing the very same thing happen here. But when I thought about this, and I, I was studying this, it really kind of, God, for the last uh, uh, two weeks, God's really been bringing this home. And that God, listen to me, God has placed the responsibility of Central Park Baptist Church on me. We were, me and Brother Marco and Brother uh, Shelton was talking the other day. He said, he said, listen, you do what you think God wants you to do because I'm not responsible for it. You are. And you know, and he got kind of a grin on his face. But you know what? He's exactly right. 
And I got to thinking about that. Listen, I, there's when it comes to Central Park, I was telling somebody the other day, I eat, drink, and breathe Central Park Baptist Church. Uh, my wife and I have been here almost 24 years. I didn't think God would ever leave me in one place that long. Bummer for you, amen. Uh, but listen, but God has called me to be responsible for Central Park Baptist Church. Listen, he, and just as he held Eli responsible, God holds me responsible. So I'm not, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God, going to tolerate anything that jeopardizes the cause of Christ in this place. I will not. And when, listen, we've got to understand that God said for me to take the oversight, to rebuke, reprove with all long suffering, uh, and, and handle the ministry of Central Park Baptist Church. And God has placed some good men around me that help me. And by the way, they give it to me. And I want them to. They're not here. I've, I had some, I've had people say over the last 24 years, well, they're just a bunch of yes men. No, they're not. If you, if you think they are, come and ask them. Get, come back here and say, hey, I want to ask you something. And get them back. I want you to get them by yourself because you may not like the way they respond. But I'm telling you, they'll respond to you straight. I'm not, I didn't, uh, we didn't bring them up here to be yes men. However, if you pray for them, if you pray for the leadership of this church and the, that God, the Holy Spirit, will lead us as the leadership of this church uh, to do exactly what God wants us to do, you know what we will do? We will call, all come into agreement and do the very thing that God wants us to do and we'll be all in unison about it. Amen. But it comes through a lot of prayer and a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, a lot of being in God's Word, a lot of back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but listen, but the reason we do those things is because we love Central Park. Yeah. Uh, but we've got to wake up to the fact that the curse of sin is real. We live in a society today where we pamper sin we legalize it, we extol it, we habitually practice it, but it, it, listen, all it does is curse us, just like it cursed these men, just like it brought the death of 85 priests and their family. You remember the other day, I, I thought this was very interesting, that just after the murder of those 18 people up in uh, Lewiston, Maine, the new house speaker said these words. At the end of the day, the problem is the human heart. I thought, what a great statement. To which the Biden administration said, it is not the result of an imagined deficiency in the hearts of the American people. That was their statement in response. Listen, I'm here to tell you, according to the word of God, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. The Bible says that the hearts of men are deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? It's right here. Listen, we got to quit mollycoddling sin. And when we start calling sin, sin, and, start tell, and just start bringing it to the, the uh, attention of God Almighty, listen, He knows, but God help us to stand up for the right thing. We must stand up for right. 
we can do it with the right heart. We don't have to be mean-spirited about it or militant or any of those things, but, but we can lovingly tell people that's not right. Yeah. Just like the preacher at Homeless No More Baptist Church I was telling you about this morning. Listen, he has people of, uh, it's just an amazing thing. But he said, I preach on sin. But he says, I tell them how to, to get out of it. He said, I, I give them the word of God and tell them that God loves them and that, that God will change them from the inside out. And then, and then he says, I do my best to make a way for them to get out. An amazing, uh, amazing preacher, pastor of those people. Listen, but we've got to come to the place when it comes to the cause of Christ that we just say no to sin, period. Amen. But it all starts right here. Yeah, all starts right here. Listen, God help us as God's people to just um, love what God teaches us to love. You know what he loves? He loves his church. Jesus Christ bled for the church, gave himself for it. You know who we are today? We are the church. Born again, baptized body of believers. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Yeah. So God help us to just understand what's going on here. And when I read that about those priests, I thought, you know, I told Brother Marco this afternoon, I'm not going to stand in judgment for somebody else. I'm going to do my best to do the right thing. Yeah. And God help us all do that together. Amen. Let's stay in the boat. The old ship of Zion. If you get out of the boat, you'll perish. That's what that's what he told. That's what Paul told them. If you get out of the boat, you're you're gonna perish. You better stay in the boat. Can I tell you today? We better stay in the boat. Yeah, we better stay in. Why? Because God's taking us somewhere. We're headed to the other side, but if you get out of the boat, you're gonna perish. God help us. Father, I pray, Lord, you'd bless. Lord, I uh, believe with all my heart, God, you want me to preach the message, God, instead of waiting to a Wednesday, God, for us to take care of this tonight, Lord, about how we need to stand up for the right thing. God, this is your work, not ours. God, there's too much at stake. People's lives are being weighed in the balance, Lord. People that are lost, uh, Lord, their eternity is dependent on someone standing for the right thing. And God, can I ask you to help us to, uh, to just love one another, Lord, and, and be truthful. And, uh, but God, do it with a clean heart and a right spirit. God, I pray that you'll please give this invitation. Lord, it is a matter of the heart. You told us, Lord, that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. And may we do what we do for you with, with our heart. Lord, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all unto the glory of God. Lord, with a, with a heart that loves the cause of Christ. And God will give you praise for it. Help us, Lord, now in this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. While we stand and while we sing just of our...